If you've been watching us for a while, you know we love Surfshark. Why do we love Surfshark? Because Surfshark is very good. Say it again, Surfshark. Why is it good, Brian? Well, it's a virtual private network that allows you to be anywhere in the world, virtually. It also allows you to browse the internet anonymously. For some of you out there buying things you don't really want people to know about. Do you know what I mean? Stuff that you won't want your neighbours opening. So Surfshark allows you to bypass geo-blockers. That means when you see a clip on Twitter and it says, not available in your area, you can go, ha ha, gotcha. I'm anonymous. I can be anywhere, even in your bedroom. The newest feature at the Surfshark is the Surfshark Antivirus, which gives you security and it lets you have that peace of mind when you're online. Big addition. And not only that, you also get advanced malware protection. Malware is basically like viruses and shit. Malware is basically viruses and shit, if you're wondering. And unlike a lot of the competitors, one account with Surfshark gets you cover across unlimited devices that you own. So all that is included when you sign up using the code Jordy, you get three months extra for free and you get 83% off. What a deal. So with that said, enjoy the video. At one time I was homeless. Instead of going home every night, there was no home to go to. Life at home was very difficult. I grew up being abused. I lost my belt. I lost respect. I embarrassed my family. My vision was pretty much non-existent. I was able to just about scrape by the medicals. I come out, I have supreme confidence, but I'm scared to death. I'm afraid of everything. I didn't care about living, I just wanted to die. I got up and I felt the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I knew I was going to make a comeback. Fighting, this was designed for me. This is what makes us who we are. Who the fuck is that? I'm so far ahead of this game. My dream, my vision for myself is to be the greatest martial artist to ever live. I have always been a fighter. There's nothing I do better in this life than fighting. There ain't never been a man that could better me. I was born to do this. Nobody can get close. I'm the best fighter in the world. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that ever been. Back to the Pain Game podcast. Today's guest is one of my favorite YouTubers, one of yours probably if you are into combat sports, YouTube boxing, all of that. It's the weird concept. What's up, man? I am I am very excited to be here, very honored to be here. Uh, one thing before we do anything, mm. I've been waiting so long to say uh, just a couple things to you personally, and, and one of those being... I hope people realize you're the OG in this scene, and without True Jordy, without your entire team, you and Laz, there is no Wade concept. So I just oh, I wanted man. to give you those flowers, man. You're the you're the goat in this thing. No, I appreciate it, mate, and I think you've done a great job. I was frustrated when I came into YouTube after a few years, thinking like, where's this new blood? Where I thought there'd be more. You know what I mean? I thought we would yeah. sort of. And here you are, mate. You're a fucking legend of what you've done, and there's a good reason why people are appreciating you is because you know boxing but you understand youtube and uh, like me yeah. you've got a passion for both so yeah let's um let's kick it off with it. uh jake paul oh Tommy yeah fury um right. it, they've made it official today thank god yeah big john uh, after the logan paul podcast uh mm -hmm. where we talked about you know this being negotiating and uh it looks like tommy versus jake's gonna happen and i think i might have been the one who mentioned big john actually um <laughs> big john uh, does a video right afterwards and says this 
people's mentioning me saying I'm uh, saying that there's uh, negotiations in place for Tommy to fight this clown from overseas. It's not true. I'm having nothing to do with this at all because it's a pile of shit. You know, I don't like anybody what's associated to those people over there. They're nothing but a pack of tossers, YouTubers, and I'm not interested in it one bit in any way, shape or form. So people, hear this. Don't keep using my name saying, I'm saying this and I'm saying that because it's not true. I want nothing to do with this farce at all. Not now, not ever. Have a pleasant evening. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasant God. evening. The pleasant evening is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> right at the end, have a pleasant Nothing evening. Nothing but a pack of tossers. I'm like, <laughs> well, you've just called us a tosser, but I'll try and have a pleasant evening. Um, I had no any knowledge at all of John, um, for sure, being involved in any negotiations at all. Right. I heard it mentioned on Talk Sport, which is a, a sports show in the UK. And I was yeah. like, oh, cool. Like, you know, you hear something and you just relay it to someone else. Like, oh, I heard this. Yeah, and like, and then John reacts the way John does. We'll just get the next clip up, which was just oh, to be God. clear, twenty four hours later, just <laughs> just a just a day later. Jake Paul team, and about this fight. Listen, mate, we want this fight with you. There's one problem: we can't travel. Tommy hasn't got a team. His team members are not allowed in America. I thought there was no negotiations, John. Yeah, I thought we were not interested. Some tossers. Madison Square Garden, mate, ain't accessible for us, is it? And you know that. It's not wheelchair accessible. Uh, they've no. got, a, got a disabled uh, yeah. fella who they wanted to bring. <laughs> it's not going to work for us. What we'll do, we'll take less money and we'll fight you anywhere else in the world. Yeah? Because we can't travel. And Tommy... He's not going to start getting new teams in four weeks and getting different things and all the strange people involved because that don't work. You can't have any strangers showing up. It's just work like, say not the strangers. Come on now. There is guidance, especially <laughs> me, and you're talking to me now because I'm in charge, me, of Tommy's career. Well, a, a day ago, you told us it wasn't fucking happening, so I don't know who's told you you're in charge, but I just don't trust you now. So I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's coming. Bro, he's coming for you. I was a tosser yesterday. God knows what I'm going to beat him. He's probably going to say how nice I am. Tomorrow, he's, he's just changes so... It's like the weather, isn't he? Oh, good. Oh, fuck me. I hope he doesn't hit me. To be honest with you, at this moment in time, the 6th of August, is being very poorly promoted, mate, isn't it? It's shocking. And I think there's better a better job can be done of it, to be fair with you. It's all rush, rush, rush. I don't actually disagree with him on that one thing. I don't... I don't either, though. Yeah. But that's the thing is, Tommy and John have been silent the whole time. Yeah. You're talking about been, bad promotion. Yeah. It's been both ways. You just two, not even a day ago, said that you weren't going to negotiate with these tossers. And then uh, you come out and go, well, this promotion has been terrible. I mean, like, <laughs> I think the, the whole idea was an announcement to be made. And John took yeah. it upon himself to sort of put, you know what I mean? The cop before yeah. the horse there. It's like, well, that's that's been the story of John this entire uh, build up here. I wake up this morning to another text from my manager saying that Tommy Fury is pulling out of the fight. We agreed to all of the terms. Everything is ready to go. We're 45 days away from the fight. We agreed to his $2 million purse. We agreed to vote. By the way, two crazy, crazy money. Vada testing, extra flights, extra rooms, extra tickets to the fight. We're scheduled to have a press conference next week in New York. His whole entire team was like, yeah, everything's good. We're signing the contract today, today. It kept on getting pushed. It kept on getting pushed. 
till now. What's the excuse? Oh, I can't come and I can't do it because my dad can't be there with me during the- Not a good look. That is, that no. is, it's really, yeah. Tommy, your dad has been banned from the United States for 15 years. You've known this the whole entire time. He's a criminal. He's not allowed in. <laughs> When he fought, he is a criminal. Part he's a criminal. Kills he's not allowed in. I love the way he just rolls that out there. He's just a criminal. He's not allowed in. Anthony Taylor in Cleveland. Neither Tyson nor your dad were there with you in your U.S. debut. Facts. Facts. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you need your team with you. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I will agree to not have my team around me during the fight week. I will agree to not fight with my coaches in my corner. We could both fight. Solo, dolo. Like, I know Jake's polarizing, and I know people don't like yeah. him, bro. But after that, I think, and I seen you were pretty much the same. Like, it was <laughs> the comments on all of the boxing channels that uploaded that, that, that those same channels, like IFL, that normally you'd see the comments just trashing Jake. It was a unanimous, flawless victory, 10-7. Like, yeah. everyone was like, Tommy Fury needs to sign this fucking deal now, because if not, he is being punked by that YouTube kid who nobody respects. And if, if your legacy is pulling out of a Jake Paul fight twice, you might as well go home. Yeah, this is not for you. If, if that's mm. if that's the way it goes for Tommy, it's just, it's not for him. But luckily, like, you know, Tommy, it's been it's been so weird. You you told me, you know, you're like, hey, let, let's do the, the pain game. And you said, let's talk about this Jake Paul thing. And you put the, the John Fury show, right? And that's what this has become. The John Fury show. Yeah. And to a degree that's like, it's not even involving Tommy. Like Tommy is having to fight and claw and scratch for his own breath. Like he's not even a part of this at this point. It's Jake and John. And it's like. It, John it, might as like, well lace the gloves up and get in there himself at this stage yeah. because he's become so integral. And I do think that his involvement with Tyson's career. Remember when Tyson had his uncle training him and then. He went, uh, obviously, Ben, and then now uh, to Kronk. It's surprising that they haven't done the same with Tommy. I do think John is struggling to let go of his son and let him fly. And when you've got John doing a story that day saying, I'm in charge. And then later that day, Jake Paul punks Tommy out and makes him look you know, bad, real bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. No, not yeah. at all. And, and, and then Tommy immediately on social media goes, I'm taking the fucking fight. Yeah. He's not listening to John. And no. it, it does feel like there's two versions of reality in that family. There's the there's what's happening where John wants Tyson in, you know, Morecam and he doesn't want him out in Vegas and he, he wants to train Tommy. And, and then there's what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And you you did see a little bit of that when Jake was mouthing off to John in the press conference and how the two boys were sort of giggling like, Dad, you know, what is he? Yeah, there's the old man. Yeah, Yeah. like, so yeah, I I think we're kind of all getting into some weird family dynamic here where that's partly of the issue. Yeah, yeah, I think that John is is in his own head a bigger part of this than he really is, right? And, And this is what you talked about with Tyson, you know, even when... Back when John was was talking about how they weren't going to negotiate with with Deontay Wilder, and they weren't going to take that fight because Tyson wasn't ready, and then Tyson and Frank and Bob were like, "Yeah, no, we're going to do Whatever, that." You know? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. For John, it feels like a lot of the same stuff is happening to him again, and I think because maybe Tommy is his last kind of project, right? Because Tyson got away from him, got to like you said, went with Ben, then mm. went with Sugar Hill, and took it to the next level. Tommy should be doing the same. I said it in my video, Tommy needs to get away from John. 
especially in in the decision making department. It's not a good thing to have John popping off and making you and your legacy look bad by going, I'm in charge of this. Like, I'm the, and And Tommy has to come out and be like, no, no, no. Like, it's it's bad. It's tricky for John because I get you're trying to protect your son, and I actually yeah. respect that. And I'm sure that to the best of his ability, that's what he thinks he's doing here. And like I've seen him break things down before and predict things. I'm like, all right, you are you're a smart boxing brain. There's no doubt about yeah. that. It's everything else. Uh, I, I get why. It's pride, honestly, it's his mm. pride. Yeah, right? and when it, he it, talks it, about the Fury family, yeah. I get from those gypsy roots, like if you've watched any of those sort of bare knuckle documentaries, mm-hmm. it isn't about the favorite son as it is about the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember people like the Joyce's and all of that. You've, you've seen them like they're iconic, but like at the same time, like the rest of the world, the boxing world, we don't care about the Furies as John calls them. We care about Tyson Fury. And I do think John's smart enough to kind of know in reality, none of the rest, no one cares. Mm -hmm. But he's clinging on as best as he can to sort of build this sort of thing in his head of like, my son is the the best fighter who ever lived. And now me, me other son and this, that, and the other. It's like, I feel like he has dug Tommy into a place and put him. And listen, Jake is a great narrative spinner. He's one of the best at doing it. And he even put out a video just a couple minutes ago talking about how this is the greatest challenge of his life. He's fighting a fury. He's not talking about Tommy specifically, but he's using that invoking that last name because John has done this and put this pressure on Tommy and said, the furies are fighting men. We're not, you know, no one can beat us. And I think that that pressure is actually creating a bit of a problem. The injury in camp was partly down to that pressure. We've seen Tyson hammering him in the ribs with that medicine ball. Absolutely. Not necessary, by the way, just not necessary. And I think the pressure can make you do things like that in camp where you're so worried about losing that you overtrain and push it to the limit. And then this potential pullout again, if whatever John says about Jake Paul, there's respect there that he is a threat to his son because you wouldn't be considering not making a fight happen twice if you had no respect for him. Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's the, the part that no one's really saying. And he's saying it without saying the words is that there's something there, right? He does see something in Jake where he's like, let's try to play some mind games back here. Mm. Let's try to like hold this thing off as much as possible, get him uncomfortable because we're not as comfortable as we're saying going into this thing that Tommy's just going to walk through him. And Tommy's going to be in that press conference without his dad. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. That one, that one's one I said in my video. I'm so interested to see how Tommy acts without John there, right? As that filter. Because John can kind of be the wild, kind of say whatever. That I mean, he, he told Jake that Tommy was going to bend his girl over. So it's like he, he's not going to be there doing that. Do it like a dog. <laughs> Do it like a dog. Fucking so it's not going to be that. So yeah. I, I want to see how Tommy, because Jake's going to be goofy. He's going to say you know goofy stuff. He's going to try to get under Tommy's skin. But like you talked about, this is the best fight you can make right now in the YouTube scene. Like mm. skill for skill. Like you said, pro boxing, YouTube boxing, this blend of things that we just haven't seen yet. And I think a lot of people are still on that side of pure boxer, YouTuber, and we haven't really moved off those lines. So we're finally going to get some clarity there, which I'm so excited for. But the problem I've got is when everyone starts saying Jake Paul isn't a boxer and Tommy is, and then I look at the level of opponent Tommy has fought, there's not, I I think like one or two fights at at most for Tommy where someone's really come to win. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of that ginger kid um, who was who gave him a good go. Jeremy Grant kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was solid. But, like... He came after Tommy, too, and he put Tommy on the back foot. And little, that was yeah, something he a, hadn't seen. I think he was lacking the confidence a little bit to really believe he could win, but he went after him a bit. And yeah. I think that that's one of the issues I see coming into this fight is... Jake Paul, whether or not uh, it was reality, every fight he had felt like a step up and every fight felt like an added sense of risk there. And especially with Woodley, he had a legit test in front of him where it was difficult. And I don't think Tommy has had anyone in there with him where there was that element of doubt of, I might not have enough for this guy. If you're in that situation for the very first time and you're main eventing MSG and you're in there with a kid who is so used to being the center of attention, not even talking about the skill, but it could have that McGregor effect that we used to see McGregor where when he would fight a guy who was not used to the level of press, who wasn't used to being main event and all the added pressure, we might see even if Tommy is a better boxer, we might see him crumble. And Jake has thrived in these. He's main evented two cards now. Back to back, right? Uh-huh. Well, I guess he's main evented more than that, but in a, in a big stadium with people, main evented, and now it's going to be Tommy's first time in MSG in front of all these uh-huh. people. No, like he said, no team there. It's his Jake Paul, a guy that just picked at you for the last year. I don't know how mentally he goes into that, having never done it, having never fought for this amount of time in his life. And just in that big scene, what happens to him mentally? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying that he can't do it. I, I think anybody if you just take a look at it and go okay it's a fight and you can convince yourself to block things out then it is just a fight right and i, and I don't put too much into it but when it's your first time it's in one of it's the mecca of boxing <laughs> you're going in there yeah. against a guy that you've talked so much about being just a youtuber and having nothing for you and that hitting the pads with your dad is harder it's going to be a it's going to be a real awakening to see that crowd for him and i i that's the biggest issue if you're a tommy fury fan what yeah, does he mentally do? i 100 give the edge to jake paul in terms of uh him being at home in that uh, arena well, he's done it, right he's been yeah. there and this also is, is when day. the chips have been Bro. down and and make no mistake that last fight i did not think he looked good but he dug deep and he pulled that knockout out the bag so yeah. even when he hasn't performed well, he slept a guy who's really, you know, we all thought he didn't have the right Dangerous. to be in there with, you know. So normally if I watch a guy fight and then I watch another guy fight, I can sort of visualize how this is going to look. But I am struggling a bit with that because their competition is so hard Different. to grade. Jake's for an athlete in Nate Robinson. Yes, he fought an overweight fat wrestler in Ben. And then finally Woodley, who Woodley didn't look like a good boxer, but is a tough right. guy. I guess what people want to know is, can Jake fight a boxer? And when they ask that question, what they mean is, can Jake fight someone that moves like a boxer, that has experience in a boxing ring, that throws like a boxer, that defends like a boxer, that's going to yep. turn up volume, that's going to be able to throw more than one punch at a time and then follow up. And Tommy does answer some of those questions, right? What I think Jake doesn't want to necessarily get into, even though I've heard and I've talked with BJ about them throwing 80 to 100 punches around. Uh, in well, where was that in the last fight? You know, because this is the exactly. thing. Uh, the BJ Flores thing, uh, for, for a good while, I was like, this guy, he's a good talker. I'm seeing the improvements in every fight from Jake. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Woodley fight. And. I felt like Jake fought with more fear in the Woodley fights than I'd seen from him. Like his his 
inability to fight in range and mm-hmm. when when Woodley entered that range instead of popping that jab out he really reverted to tucking his chin down and throwing those big overhands and and a lot of clinching just not able to control the fight with his jab it was a step backwards and not just a little one actually it felt like a, a that last fight it was god awful if i'm being brutally honest it was fucking terrible yeah. and yeah. that knockout saved it and for me i think if BJ Flores wants to keep his job, we need to see a, a big step in the right direction in this fight because if he fights like he fought against Woodley, aside from that knockout punch, there yeah. was nothing there that was on the level of what I've seen from Tommy. Yeah. No, but, listen. If, if But in previous fights, like the Gibb fight, I'd, I'd seen a lot of good signs, you know what I mean? Uh, but... I don't know what it was about the Woodley fight, but he just, in either of them, he did not look composed. When you talk about Tyron Woodley and, and the differences you saw with him, even in the first to second fight, the danger that, that's present when Tyron Woodley's in front of you is, is completely different than a guy like Gibb, right? So mm. where Gibb could come forward and, and did hit Jake with a big left hook and, and it didn't really phase him, right? He, he didn't fear that power. Yeah. Uh, Tyron Woodley, a different story. Obviously, when you've been hit by it and you get put through the ropes in that second fight, you know there's a present danger, right? And... You know, not making excuses for Jake, but he did take it on 12 days. But the problem is Tommy is a volume striker. And Jake hasn't seen a volume striker that can put him on his heels yet. Yes, Gibb tried, but he didn't respect Gibb, right? There was no respect there. Tommy's going to try to. He's going to try to come forward and throw combination punching at Jake. Now, what you said makes a lot of sense. Can Jake establish the jab early? Mm. If not, and Tommy's able to get Jake clinching continuously, over and over. And if Jake, listen, Jake has great timing. So if Tommy does come in a little out of of control, overshoots, the big right hand, we've seen it. It's there. It's one of Tommy's biggest weaknesses. This possibly works in Jake's favor. The fact that because Woodley was biting on fans left, right, and center. So he wasn't wasn't there a lot of the time. Whereas Tommy is going to be more comfortable, more confident, and more like a boxer. So he's not going to be out of range anywhere near as much. So right. it could set and the right Tommy's hand up nicely, as as we've seen with Tommy, does get caught by that yeah. right hand. It's just like Anthony Joshua found out against Yusik. If you allow the boxer to steal three rounds early and start racking them up, you're then mm-hmm. chasing, and then it becomes a whole different kind and of I don't, fight. And, and not to say that Jake can't, but I... You don't want to go volume for volume with Tommy, in my opinion. And if he does get down early, say Tommy steals two quick ones, fighting him from behind is going to eat at that gas tank. Tommy's got a great jab, too. Like, Jake's got a good jab. Tommy's got a great jab. So Tommy can coast behind that jab if he needs to, right? So it's... Tommy knows how to manage a fight well. Like, I, like, absolutely. I will give him that. Like in in the fights I've seen him in, like, but if I'm if I'm Tommy's camp, that that power difference between him and Jake is on my mind because I can honestly say Jake's a cruiser. He can crack, and that's something Tommy hasn't seen yet. Yeah, either. so to respect it. So they they're both gonna see things that they've not seen yet, and that's where the excitement comes into for us as fans because we don't know how they're gonna react. We don't know how Jake is gonna be composed when he's got a guy popping that jab and controlling the ring and having that IQ. But we also don't know if Tommy can dig deep when he takes a big shot and 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 control himself and and get himself out of danger. And we don't know what his chin's like. You know what we do know is Tommy does not have a lot of power. Like, we just know that now. There's there's so many rounds where he should have gotten kids out of there. As yeah. And then after that last fight, when he walks into the 
locker room and Tyson's like, well, you nearly got him out. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. It's not what you want to hear from big bro, like world champion, no. you know? It's going to have to be Jake getting out to a good start. The last couple of fights, Jake has been a slow starter. He's going to have to get out to a quicker start. He's mentioned not to me about his like, legs feeling like jelly and not feeling... And that's another thing too. Jake's been in this now. This is twice he's main evented. He should know how this feels. And and yeah. we shouldn't just look at Tommy and be like, is the moment big for Tommy? Jake has, has even admitted that the moment has, has maybe gotten to him a little bit in these last two. And yeah. then he settles in and he has a good fight, uh, especially the Tyron 1 fight. I thought he had a, a, a way better showing, but... He has to get out to a bit a, a much faster start because Tommy will. The, the bell will ring and Tommy will meet him and he'll start working the jab like it, it, immediately. It, it's like uh-huh. clockwork for those guys. And this is why we talk about a boxer. Yeah, I, I think Jake has to roughhouse this guy. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think I, ironically, there's been a lot of talk about uh, AJ doing the similar thing. Like it's, it is, it is, it's power versus boxing, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got a rough house. Him. We've seen when Tommy has struggled, it, it people, they've just not followed in after, after yeah. they've hurt him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think he's been let off. But when I look at his performances against, um, was it Anthony Taylor who he fought in Cleveland? Fought Anthony Taylor in Cleveland. Yeah. That, that didn't look, great like i mean anthony taylor is it was a not- tricky it was definitely a tricky fight for him for whatever reason i think like you we've been talking about part of it was he was in complete new territory versus a guy he really didn't know what he was getting into mm. and secondly when the fight started he just it, it looked like he wanted to be pretty much anywhere else he just could not get any type of momentum going it looked like he didn't really even try to it was like he was just kind of there and okay i'll work my jab and i'll throw a couple of these and then after he got hit with a couple right hands it's like, you know what? Let me just coast this jab to a victory. I just feel like Jake hits so much harder than Tommy. Tracks, when sure. that first punch lands properly, we're going to get such a good reading from Tommy about how he Absolutely. feels about that. Let's talk about Logan. Obviously, we had uh, had him on the podcast. Yeah. He mentioned he wants to fight Dylan Dennis. We don't <laughs> know if that's uh, MMA or boxing. I imagine it's boxing. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, yeah. Uh, Dylan, Dylan got a bit... I mean, naturally, Dylan does what... Yeah, he, he tweeted something, which is pretty much all he's done in the last three fucking years. <laughs> and he also said that he wanted to fight me, which I thought was fucking there hilarious. You You've been boxing, though. Bro, I'm just a podcaster. Albeit a podcaster who would beat the shit out of Dylan Dennis. I am not <laughs> actually is. a fighter, though. Like, in my head, I'm like, bro, like... Use, use, you, you've got a, a fine uh, amount of time that people are going to give a shit what he's got to say. Right, and when he's pinpointing his uh, little tweet at me, I'm like, bro, you're you're wasting your five minutes here. Like, fixate that on Logan and and mm-hmm. and manage your career in a way that's less uh, of an imbecile than what you've been behaving. Like, this guy is all of the uh, the credit he once had for being the up and coming student at Straight Blast Gym and the Jiu Jitsu Wizard, and you know, a real one to watch. That's just died to death. And watching him get yeah. choked out by a fucking chocolatier part-time bouncer, I'm like, bro, you you know, coming after podcasters, you got you got big problems with your. I, I'm doing good in my career. You you're not yeah. doing much. Like, come on. Yeah. As far as the 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 fight between him and Logan goes, you know, I really don't know what to say about it. Um, Have you Logan watched is, uh, Dylan hit pads or anything like that? I, yeah, I've seen. I mean, we, we've obviously all seen Dylan uh, in his two fights at Bellator. I've seen him on the bag. I've seen him doing, you know, little bits and pieces he'll put out on Instagram. Um, I, I definitely I see very looks, 
poor hands yeah. out of this kid. Like, he's not... Do you know how some people... Like Ben Askren, for example, they're not... They're great grapplers, not punchers. He's it's so he's funny. Dead. There's just nothing behind I said behind this in him. my video. I said yeah. this in my video. I, I ended up not putting it in, but I was like, you know, he looks like a younger Ben Askren a little bit. But, but yeah, he, no. He, he really he, does move. Like, when I watch him punch, I'm like, there's just, like... He, 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 there's nothing there. There's just no snap. Yeah. There's no power. Like, yeah. it, it, he's in trouble in his career generally because the minute he struggles to get someone to a, uh, to the ground, he's, I mean, even even when he's on the ground, as we see him with the chocolatier, but like, <laughs> uh, you you know, this. no wonder he's sort of tweeting from the comfort of his own home because he knows like the minute he goes out there and gets exposed for lacking in a massive quality yeah. that you need in fighting all of this Dylan Dennis being a thing is is over immediately yeah I think if Logan does go through with that fight and they've been talking about it for years and, and Dylan you know seems talks like he wants that fight um I mean obviously I favor Logan Logan's mm. been doing this uh Logan's a a, a really really high level athlete outside of boxing in my opinion i think mm -hmm. he could have done a lot of different things uh so when he got into boxing supernatural ability um i think he is just a guy that picks up the sport really quickly and dylan just i, I don't know what's you know what honestly you know what i think what, what's going on with dylan is i don't think that knee surgery has been fully rehabbed to the point where he is confident in doing anything yet mm. people forget and and this is not like a Oh, like, let's feel sorry for Dylan. But he had a full knee, like, reconstruction. LCL, ACL, completely blown out in 2020, right? And I wow. feel like it has taken him a lot longer to get back than he realized. He, he looks and I a would bit say bloated. That. When you see him, he looks like a puffy, overweight, like, welterweight. Now, he, he, he doesn't look yeah. in shape. And that's obviously down to you're injured. You well, can't do even, the cardio. He's talked about how he eats like trash too. He does not, he's not ever like he's talked about it in videos. He's not a like super healthy dieter either, but I think that's a big reason that he's not saying it, but I think that knee rehab has not gone as well as he wants. And Bro, it's an ACL at the end of the day, you know, he hasn't fought in three fucking years, mate. I know. Like I know I can't like, he doesn't realize how lucky he is that pe people like Logan even mention his name. Like, yeah. You you fought a couple of bums three years ago. You used to spar Conor McGregor. And this is the thing. Like, I, I know I made a joke earlier on that, but, like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. Like, I don't hate him. I don't I don't dislike. Like, I'm just, like, right. I laughed when I seen him say that. Like, it's nothing, right? right? But in my head, I'm like, bro, you've got, your, your, your window is closing and three years without a fight. Like, I don't give a fuck what injury, what surgery you've had. That, this should be sorted by now. You've got... Like yeah. your body is probably giving up on you if this if you're still unable to get in a, a competitive ring or cage at this point. Like, what are you doing? And he's becoming yeah. that guy who talks about fighting but never actually achieves anything. He's he's in danger of not being a has been. He's in danger of being a never was because Sheesh. like even Jake Shields replies to his tweet underneath after he's tweeted <laughs> about me going, I guess you won't sign the contract to fight him either, will you? Because Jake Shields <laughs> supposed to have a fight. I'm like, bro, you're, you're talking about me. You've got pro fighters who want to yeah, have a, a, yeah. a thing with you. This is never going to happen, bro. I'm like, yeah. you know, what the fuck's and wrong Dylan, with listen, your brain? <laughs> say what you will. Dylan is, is very good at, at using his social media presence, whatever that may be, whatever it is. It's not a, obviously as big as, as some people's is, but he's, he's good at using it to keep himself, like you said, relevant. 
Al, he's very fortunate about- that Conor McGregor graced him oh, yeah. with his presence, yeah. with his life, because otherwise, like, he'd be nobody. At yeah, all. no, that's absolutely Mc- true. Like- and you can tell him and McGregor have not hung out for fucking the longest <laughs> time. And yet he's still posting pictures of him and Connor as if they were like Colin hanging out last week. And Con- Connor's like, I, I'm not liking that. I'm, I, I don't even <laughs> fucking know you anymore, bro. You're in- Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, he's hanging oh, yeah. on to that, like the guy who like used to be in the band. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's awkward, man. And drummer that ever was. I, I look at him and I, honestly, like when he's sort of dissing me, I'm like, bro, you're pathetic. Like you, you actually have a, a career that's going up in smoke in front of your very eyes. And mm-hmm. I know you're not making good money. I know you're not achieving anything. You're not, you're, you're, Logan Paul would be the best thing that he could ever fucking hope to happen. Yeah, of course. Win of course. or lose. Like, it's the yeah. same as Tommy. You ain't getting a, a couple of million again. Like, grab this. Yeah. Buy yourself yeah. a house, bro, because the next yeah. two million ain't going to be there for a, a while, especially after Logan embarrasses him, which I believe would happen in a ring. Yeah, let's let's actually talk about if they if they mm. did want to you know actually get into a fight and, and Dylan showed up. Uh, Logan, like I said, skill wise, the better boxer, no doubt about it. The only thing, and this is just because of of when Logan feels threatened, I I, I want to see that evolution of when Logan feels threatened. How does he fight? Right, KSI, there was the power threat uh, yeah. with Floyd. There was the skill threat and the cardio threat, and he was in a negative state of mind in both of those fights, I think, uh, by comparison to where if he fights Dylan, he needs to be the predator, not the prey. He needs to look at Dylan yeah. like dinner and go and fucking yeah. get on him straight away and stop yeah. smashing that jab in his face and actually use the gifts that we, we see him because he ain't Logan as good as he is. Like, And this is why I sort of suggested the winner of McBroom versus Gibb. I'm not saying... McBroom or Gibb will beat Logan, but yeah. Logan has, has picked fights that were obviously not the best for him. In I mean, he hasn't won one. So right. you, 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 the part of the Jake thing that is he's made statements and he's grown as a fighter. And I think Logan has grown, but he needs to get in there with someone who he knows he should beat and he needs to be the alpha mentally. Yeah. We haven't seen... Like if we're talking mentality, we haven't seen Logan in the same mentality. Like he'll faint it. He'll say, you know, how confident he is. And mm. in the Floyd fight, I think he found a little bit of that toward the end. He was like, hey, I'm still here. Like mm. you couldn't get rid of me. But we haven't really seen that confident level or the confidence level since KSI won in the first couple of rounds in that Fuck fight. Me. You were right there in person to see it. Right. And good shout, bro. Yeah, I remember that because this was the thing is I was sort of thinking, okay, KSI is the one with the experience. He looked good against Joe Weller. And those first two rounds, Logan, when he was popping that jab and JJ's head was going back, I was like, fucking hell, this kid is good. And then, but the mentality and and the gas tank, ultimately, it failed him. And it was JJ who had the more aggressive nature. And that's obviously what carried him through the both of those fights. But... He needs to. He needs to get that. He needs to go in there and go. I'm going to rip this fucking guy's head off. And he yeah. and he and the the thing about Dylan or whoever he chooses is he needs to get in there soon because Logan seems to take long periods between boxing and he he clearly, as people have commented on in the podcast, loves the good life. You know, he's 
dude. He looked, I mean, I don't know what he has going on, but he looked like he was on hard drugs. I was like, oh man, this guy is doing it different out in London. No, nah, fair play. Everybody wants to have a good time. I'm not, you know, do what you want to do. But I was like, oh, he's, he's living it up. No, nah, and, and I mean, like, I genuinely think that that is just Logan on like a boozy night, to be honest. But like, yeah. I look well, at Logan I, and I'm like, if I had your talent and I had yeah. your money, I'd have a gym built on the side of my house. I'd have the fucking 100%. black belts turning up, teaching me 100%. kickboxing, jujitsu, wrestling. I'd be, because he has all of the skills to be an MMA fighter or to do whatever he, a boxer or do whatever he wants. Like, I think he may be the, the most thing. naturally talented of yeah. all of these guys. Yep. But I, I said this too. I saw it on someone put a little uh, tweet up. They were like, who's got the most potential for boxing? And it was like, mm. it's easily Logan. And, and that's kind of what I was thinking about the, the McBroom Kib fight is if one of them looks really good in the next fight and proves that they're a legit test. I know Logan feels like he's above sort of that YouTube standard now from fighting Mayweather. But if you haven't won a fight, you're not above anything. You know, you've, yeah. you've got to get a win. Yeah, I feel like you've got to get some wins under your belt, just like Jake did. And especially if McBroom wins, there's a fight where, why not? You know what I mean? Unless KSI takes it. But let's talk about, um, KSI is coming back and um, allegedly it's Alex Wasabi. Um, I don't really see who else it could be at this point. Um, How are we feeling just generally about the return right now? I am very hopeful. Um, just based off who he's with over at shoot fighters in London. I'm sure, you know, a couple guys in that gym. I'm sure you, mm-hmm. you've had some conversations. I think you've, you've talked to MVP before. Um, I actually, but I, I, obviously I've watched the guy and he's silky and he, he, you know, we see sort of Anderson Silva like shit. I was going to say the second guy. coming, man, the second yeah, coming. He's no joke. He is fun to watch, but they don't all look like him. But one thing I do know is Leon, has seen him and Leon gave an interview and he said the style's different. So what we've been hearing from JJ is that he's going to come out differently. I think a lot of people have been skeptical of that, but Leon's confirmed it. The style is different. Yeah. It's what is it? We don't know. But what we do know is JJ's style against FaZe, um, Sensei, was bite down on the gum shield, get on the inside and work the body and dirty box you into the corner and up against the ropes and that and just keep that pressure on. So I can only assume this is a bit more of a traditional, you know, use the jab, bit more like the Joe Weller thing. I did see watching him in the Joe Weller lead up and even a little bit after him just kind of goofing off, a lot of a lower hand style, a lot more loose, flowy, straight punches, not a lot of overhands. And I think... If we can get to simplify the big things, like the big things everybody wants to talk about, oh, his hands high, everything. If we can just simplify things, where is he comfortable? If his hands are a little lower, listen, I'm not a big proponent of it with guys that are new because you leave yourself open to getting hit with big shots. If you're not quick and when your gas tank is not as great, your hands aren't going to be able to move up and down as quickly as you think they are. But if he's comfortable and he's throwing straight punches, I think that is where JJ is going to have to be if he's going to continue this, right? I'm not overlooking Alex, but if this is going to be something he continues to do, and let's say he goes in and gets a victory, if it is Alex, you can't rely on the fact that you're a dog. You can't just rely on right? It's a great thing to have, but technique has to be there. So the, let's the, the dog is usually your ace card, isn't it? The dog is right, last resort. Exactly. Whereas with JJ, he, out, yeah. in the past, he's done like one or two rounds, went, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cracks the neck out. All right, I, here I we go. I remember talking uh, Derek uh, Vidal's dad, and and after, 
apparently after that second round, he just goes to Vidal, do you want to fucking win this fight or not? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what we need to do? So get into him. Get Fight like, him. Fuck this shit. Fight him, you know? Yeah. But that, yeah, it should be last resort. And, um, and the thing with Alex is the reason I knew Alex was going to beat Deji is because the kid is an athlete. And mm -hmm. I, obviously I don't mean like literally, but like he is so fit. And you could see on those training videos, you were like, you can't fake that, you know? And we don't know how much he's grown because I thought he showed a, he showed some ring IQ. He showed he could jab and move. He showed he could control the fight. Um, so, and this is the same kid who basically got slapped up by uh, Fuzzy in the first ever fight he mm -hmm. had. But he showed that like, there's, there's more to him than what we originally thought. And, yeah. I think the the part of the issue here is is um, it's your first fight back. You're loading all of the pressure on yourself. Yeah. And the, the the thing about JJ is there's nobody better at handling crowds because the kid performs in front of the biggest crowds in yeah. the UK all the time. He just did like a, a show with 80K or something, Mate, right? It's just insane. So Crazy. I have confidence in him in handling the pressure. But... When you've got that little fly buzzing around that ring and you're sort of, if you, you know, a couple, as you said, a couple of rounds go by, you start struggling, frustration starts building. People all came here to see you knock someone out. We've seen even Vidal Riley in his first uh, UK fight felt that pressure a little bit. And this is a guy who's won it all at amateur. You start tensing up, you start throwing and snatching at it and not playing your normal game, basically. And that's right. where we might see him revert to windmill. Oh, it's coming out. It'll yeah. come out. At some point, it, whether he gets frustrated with Alex because he uh -huh. can't get him out, and I'm not saying that he can't, but if that happens, or just as the start of the fight goes and that dog, quote-unquote dog, comes out, right, and he just has to calm it down. Like, he gets excited. We saw, we saw yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, KSI getting ready for the Logan two fight and he's in the corner and then he just starts screaming. He's ah, and Fidel's like, chill, chill. Like he's just, you know, sometimes <laughs> it happens to you. You get so excited. So I, I do expect that, especially early from him, but I, I want to see him calm it down while yes, Alex does show a decent amount of footwork. I've actually talked with Alex on, on my, my podcast and you know, he, he's I, talking I think about he came across really well on that interview. I watched that. Yeah. And that was another thing where I was like, okay, he's winning this because he's a realist. I think if he plays that way with JJ, it it could work well for him that yeah. he's not um, faking he's not matching, it and, and trying to be trying too to theatrical. Yeah. Because yeah. KSI is going to bring a little bit of that, right? He's a showman at the end of the day. He's going to bring that energy. He's going to do some Bro, things. I will to never forget, by the way. I was thinking about this the other day. KSI versus Logan won the press conference. Uh, and yeah. when JJ comes out, puts that blonde wig on and goes to work and just starts roasting Logan. This is after Logan had just just been off the back of the, obviously the uh, yeah, Japan video. Yeah, yeah. It it was one of the most like cauldron-like atmospheres. Like he can create a crowd mentality where he just gets the entire room chanting yeah. you so oh, he was, dick. He had the room shaking for like, sure. It was, I, I was just sitting there like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and Logan's like, it froze him. Well, Logan wasn't happy with me. Obviously this was four and a half years ago was, now. Yeah, and, and understandably so, because I let him, I left him hang, hang out to dry there. But um, I was, uh, 
I, I, I just remember being like, there is no stopping JJ when he's in that mind state and he's got the crowd behind him. And his star is even bigger now. He is even more confident now. I, I think that's one of the things to, to Alex is he is going to mentally, if he has any chance in this fight, he has to make himself accept what's coming make yep. peace with it and go I'm going to be I'm going to be the bitch a little bit here in, in, in some of the but I've got to keep my state of mind calm and I've got to enjoy the process and go with it and not yeah. and not let it swallow me and accept what this is going to be and he had a great test run for it right maybe mm. not on the same level but he's already been to London he's already handled the heckling he's already mm. been in front of you know that crowd telling him, you know, who are you? Who are, you know, that mm. whole thing. He's done it. And he not called to the him, didn't he call him big Deji or something called like that? Big Deji on my, I, on my, <laughs> I, I have to say, right. Small not W bad. there. I was like, I'm mad. It's quite funny that if, if you were going to, and that, I, I, you know, far be from me to start giving out tips, but like, I do feel like this kid <laughs> needs it because JJ is going to bring the heat. So if you've got yeah. a few little, look, I already took one of you out, like whatever. This is just a yeah, figure exactly. version. Like play with that because yeah. you're going to need everything, bro. Watching him get riled up at Alex just beating Deji and then calling him Big Deji, it does show that there's a lot of fire there, right? The, the, the KSI this wants is to old school as well. The, the, the videos yeah, back and forth back. between these two, they're years old. Like so, yeah. like he's done like laughing at Alex Wasabi compilations at this point. So like, the bottom line, in my opinion, is KSI is going to have to show not us, not even Alex, but himself that he can remain in a composed state, not freak out, not go with the windmills, not get overexcited because there is a path to victory for Alex. How mm. small it is, you know, I'll let you guys be the judge, but there is a path to victory, and it mostly relies on the fact that KSI does something to give openings to Alex. It, it, and we've talked a bit about state of mind, about like that fight or flight mentality of, of fighters and YouTube guys trying to become fighters. And that's why Jake and KSI make such a dream matchup for us because we know when the when things get tough, they both start trying to kill you, not trying to defend <laughs> themselves. Whereas Logan, yeah. more defensive minded. So with JJ, if if Alex can can create that pressure on him to finish him and make the narrative when you're going to finish me JJ when you're going to finish me I'm still here and I remember watching Dustin Poirier in the fight against uh, Conor McGregor the second one and you could see at the end of the first round when Dustin started gaining confidence and he's like ah, I got you I got you and you could see Conor like why are you still switch. here it was yeah. a complete switch uh, and 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 then if you get JJ into that reckless frame of mind and, and you're Alex Wasabi, you're on your bike, you're probably carrying less weight than him, so you're pumping the jab, running around, just trying to get out of, um, out of each round with, with, with those 10 points. Yeah. That's the kind of environment he has to create in order yeah. to survive JJ's power. Yeah, now let's make no mistake about it. This is KSI's fight to win, mm. right? This is 100%. Not only, I don't want to say set up, but not only... Does he have almost all of the advantages that he needs, size, yep. experience, even I would say ability, but there are there is a path to victory and you have to not only take Alex Wasabi seriously, but you have to show more than you've shown, right? Not just for this fight, but for the future. We've never seen KSI knock someone out cold. And assuming exactly. this is 10 ounce gloves, no headguards. Um <laughs> 
It's going KSI down. KSI needs a knockout. And, and, and I say that because if people are to get really invested in the Jake versus KSI fight, depending on what happens between Tommy and Jake, because that could change the trajectory of how people view Jake. But I yeah. think we all agree... A prime Jake Paul knocks out Alex Wasabi the same way he knocked out everybody else he got in the ring with. So I think that would go a long way for JJ and also it would give him a massive confidence boost of, I've been in there, I've knocked him out, I've got a new style, I'm knocking people out now, you know. And um, I think that's what we need from him. Okay, bro, we'll do some uh, quote-unquote real boxing. Um, yeah, and, let's talk about it, man. And some MMA. Heck yeah. Um, we we see in the press conference... Um, Anthony Joshua versus Alexander yep. Usyk 2. What did you make of it? I feel like if you're AJ right now, this guy took pretty much everything from you. Mm. And I know he tries to keep it even kill, and now he's with Robert Garcia, and, and they've changed some things up. That's what I like. What I don't like is him sounding like a self-help book at the <laughs> press conference and talking about brownies and, and here's my dietitian plan. Like, I, I don't understand this. And, and it's not the, to say that he's not going to show up and have, you know, a completely new, like just go after age or go after Usyk and eat him up, like to the body, eat him alive. But these pressers, they don't make me confident in AJ, man. I think Eddie Hearn is very lucky that he is selling this fight on ability and what happened in the first fight than personality. You basically had Eddie going, and then you did this, uh, AJ, and then that <laughs> happened. Didn't, didn't, didn't you, AJ? Didn't you? And then AJ's like, yeah, I mean, uh, stay humble, yo. Stay humble, stay hungry. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> you know. And then but, you got um, Usyk on the other side is just, you know, he's a little playful, but he looks like a killer over he's there. He's a fucking machine. And then you've got yeah. like, uh, it, it felt like a much more of a PR exercise for Saudi Arabia or the kingdom yeah. uh, uh, than it was for any of us to get interested in this fight whatsoever. It's like, and I, I think the pressure is on AJ so much this Big time. Time. This is this is do or die. It is it's kill or be killed. Actually, in 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 the ring, especially, I think you have to be ready to unload the clip and 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 hope you've got him out of there afterwards. Yeah, I mean, listen, AJ, we we walk we, all the way back to the Klitschko fight. We know that AJ's had some gas tank issues. Mm. You know, uh, <laughs> Klitschko predicted it. Put it on the USB stick. We remember. He's like, I, I got the prediction right here, and he basically said the prediction was it. AJ was going to try to come after him, gas out, and he was going to knock him out. Didn't happen that way. Close. And we haven't seen really AJ go to that next. We've seen that AJ. We've seen a little bit of a maybe a, a regression when it came to the motivation for the Andy Ruiz fight. And then re-motivated and stayed behind his jab, right? But we haven't seen, is he going to go take someone's heart again? Has he gone out there and, and wanted to go and, and, you know, meet that challenge by going, all right, we're here now. It's man, mano we mano. I'm going to take your heart. He hasn't done that since the the, the Klitschko fight to me. It's it's ironic because it's kind of the opposite of what we've just been saying about KSI in a way of like he mentally we need the killer back. Yeah. We don't we don't want him controlled. We don't want him. We want we, we want him controlled to know when to pull the trigger. But once you pull the trigger, you got to go absolute beast mode on him. Like um, yeah. You can't allow Usyk to survive because if he survives that barrage and you've unloaded the clip as AJ does, you're a sitting fucking duck then. And and Usyk will finish him. Yeah. It, it I, won't you know be like funny? it won't be like Klitschko, where Klitschko is forty two years old and he also needs four rounds to get his breath back <laughs> after dropping you. They they will this guy was doing I think it, they said he was doing four minute rounds with uh, like thirty seconds rest in between. Yeah 
pretty. And when I watched the AJ fight back, you know, I, I'll give credit. AJ hung hung in there with him, like in terms of pace yeah. of fight. Like that was yeah. so, he was so fit. But even still, because he played his game and, and, the, and the instructions were so shocking, stay behind the jab, AJ, stay behind the jab. Like, <laughs> what do you think this knockout's going to fall into his lap? You've got to go after him at some point. Absolutely. It was, yeah. ne- it was never, they, they never forced the issue the way he did with right. Pulev and all these other fighters. But like you said, it's a risk for sure. But what do you have to lose now? Your belts aren't there. Yeah. You have to go in and rip to the body of Usyk. Rip him to the body. The smaller man in there coming up from Cruiser. The body is a bit of a weakness. If you have one on Usyk, rip him. And it's not as easy as just me saying, hey, go rip his body. Obviously, Usyk's slick. Obviously, he's got a nice jab. He can, like you said, change levels, move off the center line. You're not going to catch him still. He's not going to stand in front of you. His, his feet, in terms of closing the distance, I think he's the best heavyweight in the world, especially because when he was stepping in with that uh, backhand, Mm. AJ was just getting shook. Like, where yeah. the fuck did that come from? Because he's in and out so beautifully. And, and he faints AJ, and, and it's he, he'll freeze you, right? Yeah. He faints in between your timing, and he freezes you. Yeah, And it's hard to predict because... And he's like constantly you said, touching you as well. And their, their style is... Uh, it's not as much um sharpshooting the way AJ is sort of trying to get you like like the Terminator. Like, Yusuke's always touching you. He's always touching you, and it almost becomes like a a habit that you can't allow him to get into. You, When he right. gets that near you, like you say, blast him to the body and be like, don't fucking come near me, prick. Yeah. You know, Seriously, he's going to have to. Like, It's going to have to be AJ taking precedence here. He's going to have to go on the front foot and meet him. And mm. you might even have to try to chase Usyk down a bit here because he is slick and he's not going to stay in front of you oh, and yeah. get in a firefight. Yeah. So have to- there's been a lot of talk about the chin of AJ because of those wobbles that we've seen him have. And I'm not suggesting that he's got a bad chin, but if he does, or if it's questionable to the degree that some people have said it is, we'll find out because for this game plan... It surely means with a new coach they've got um they've got that yeah, coach. Robert Garcia in his case. Yeah. That that style that he's employing is going to have to be take a punch to give a couple or and, and he's when you're marching someone down, you need to have that like ability to do that. So if there's any issues with AJ's chin, this is the fight we'll see him out cold. Like this it it'll it'll either work and he wins by a knockout or he will be out cold in my opinion. I don't see any middle ground here. Yeah. I think we're in for a fucking treat here because knowing someone has to pull the trigger, it mm-hmm. makes it exciting because we're all going to be sitting there going, when is he going to do it? When is yeah. he going to do it? And what and what I like about Yusik is he's a bag of tricks as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Yusik runs out in that first round and tries to beat him to the punch and create. Yeah. yeah, because Yusik has a thing in his head that AJ doesn't where Yusik kind of knows. I can push the pace of this fight and know my recovery will come back before yours does. Mm -hmm. Genetically, he's just got that. And uh, when I watched um, the 12 rounds back, that was one of the most, that that is the fittest I've ever seen a, a heavyweight at the elite level. Like, the amount of fucking feints and, and the, the footwork and the constant throwing the jab out there, the, the the energy that he expelled in that, like no wonder AJ was drowning at the end because 
there's just no way to keep up with that. There was no, there was no drop off in his explosion when he showed it, right? He was playing the pity pat, pity pat. And then he would fire that left hand down the pipe. And it was the same in round Mate, one. The as commentators are saying, two. early on, you'll see the speed of Usyk, but eventually the speed will go, and that's when AJ will take over. <laughs> and, like, it was round 10, and he's just still fucking foot at the fucking floor, mate. It was amazing. One fighter who I want to end on is uh, Nate Diaz. Um, we've oh, spoken yeah. about the way UFC treat their fighters. This guy's been stuck in limbo, uh, clearly wanting to go and fight Jake Paul and make a fuck ton of money. Um, oh, he's not hiding that anymore. Yeah, and fair play. I mean, why bother? Because that's clearly yeah. why the UFC have got their foot on Nate Diaz's neck and not allowing him to make a living. He he obviously didn't do the Kamzat fight. Uh, which I think given Nate's stage of his career is just such a like, it's not the best way to treat a guy who's bled for you for so many right. years at this point. You've got an up and coming fighter who's trying to fight for a title. Nate is yeah. more of a veteran legend at this point. And you're saying, but then Nate literally was the fight that got the title shot done for um, Leon Edwards. Yeah. That's the one. Sorry. Le- for Leon Edwards. Um, and, like he rocked Leon right at the end of that. And Leon's Crazy. like one of the, the sharpshooters of that division. And and then afterwards, because you, you had Dana talking up Nate Diaz when it suited him. And now now Dana's going, well, you know, Nate's only won one fight in the last five years. So maybe a Jake Paul fight does make sense. And I'm like, the guy was good enough for you to, you, the guys, this guy's bled for your company and, and been one of the, one of the backbones to build a company like the UFC without a Nate Diaz selling against Conor McGregor. Like it, you, you, you might not get the big sale that you got. Like this, you don't get four, you don't get four point two bill without those yeah, two fights. You know, Conor needed a, 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 a dance partner. So for, for Dana to talk down on Nate Diaz like that, and I'm not even a Nate Diaz fan particularly, but the lack of respect from Dana, I thought was a bit disappointing. I thought myself like, I get if you've had some personal beef, but mm-hmm. you, you're a you're a man who's made 400, 500 million or whatever it is at this stage off yeah. of these fighters. And people like Nate Diaz massively contributed to that. And for you to just sort of spit on his record after he's been good enough for you for all these years, I thought that's it's t- distasteful really. Well, listen, Dana is the king of calling his current champion the greatest ever, right? When you're fighting for him, you're the greatest ever. When you leave him... Oh, Tyron Woodley, Woodley being a, the best Woodley, example of that, probably, yeah. Woodley, Ben yeah. Askren, like, we've seen it. And, and to be fair, you know, Dana does have points. You know, Nate is not what Nate maybe was at a certain point, right? It's, it's not necessarily a bad thing to say Nate is not shouldn't be fighting guys like Hamzat Chemaev, which they tried to put him in there. But so they're trying to, yeah. Enough, he was good enough know? to be the 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 basically number one Final contender yeah. fight for Leon. He's good yeah. enough probably to be the number one contender fight for Hamzat Chemaev. Nate, yeah. is, Nate isn't fighting bums. Nate's fighting murderers row here. Like, <laughs> so when you say he hasn't got a win, all right, I get that. But who the fuck's he been in there with? Like exactly. Masvidal, in his absolute peak of his career like you didn't give him one gimme fight like there's and you say the way people like Diego Sanchez did you hear that that was it a phone call or an interview he gave where he broke down in tears like day now you know I fucking died for this company basically and um and people like Randy Couture um a guy who without who I might not even be an MMA fan you know like watching his fights when he fought Tim Sylvia this guy was the guy 
And yeah. they built the UFC off of him. One of the main, he fought Brock Lesnar when the guy was 45 years old in a natural 205er, like the, yeah. one of the toughest motherfuckers ever lived. And he was a classic case of someone who went from goat status to yesterday's news and just a nobody now. And because Dana had a bit of a, a disappointment uh, thing with him because he wanted uh, to get his money or whatever. And it's, yeah, I think what they've done to Nate Diaz is bang out of order when everything he's given for that company, they, you know, I get you don't want to make your competitors stronger, but it's not like he's going to go over the, any, he, where can he go? He just wants to make some cash with Jake Paul. It ain't going to hurt yeah. the UFC. It ain't going to change yeah. anything for the UFC. Why do you care when you're Dana White, you've made all this hundreds of millions and it's bothering you that Nate Diaz might go off and make 10 million with Jake Paul? Like, are you really that like bitter? It either it, It's either that, that Nate is like, the only thing I can see like logically would be the reason is if they're planning a Connor and Nate fight and they want to get that one. And then they're like, okay, after that, go to it. Because there's no doubt about it that there's so much money to be made with Nate and Connor still. But yep. when yep. you start saying things like, well, he should go fight Jake Paul. Well, why the fuck would anyone want to then come back and go, yeah, let's watch Nate and Connor. But Dana just shit on Nate telling him he yeah. couldn't win a fight. Yeah, you in the last can't six. pivot now. You've like, you 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 have put him in the bargain bin. You can't say that Jake's gonna he needs to go fight Jake and that's a skill for skill level when Connor's coming back and then go, maybe we'll put him in yeah. there with Connor because now you've without saying it said that Connor's a bargain shopper now too. It's been a good chat, Wade. I, I appreciate you yeah, coming man. on the paying game, brother. No, I appreciate it. Like I said, man, this is this has been we've been working on this since I think 2020. Uh, when when you discovered little old Wade concepts back in the day, and, hey, I, I I discovered you like way before way most back. people. Yeah, it oh, was right. you know it was you and it was Sensei that that you know yeah. you reached out really early and I like I said man it's it's a blessing to be here because believe it or not five years ago I was sitting in a bedroom something like this uh, watching your videos man I was watching when uh, you, you did the podcast with Michael Bisbing I, I was back then I was watching that stuff and I was like man this guy. I, I want to do that, you know? Uh -huh. So anybody, and I, I know you get comments and stuff and, and people, I think people forget who the fuck you really are in this scene. Uh -huh. People, let me just remind you there. Like I said, when I came on here, there's no Wade concept without true Jordy. You're likable. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an asshole, <laughs> but um, no, man, no, I appreciate it. it. And, and look, mate, at the end of the day, with or, with or without uh, inspiration, um, I rate, everything you do and it's always nice when someone you enjoy their videos also likes your videos so tip of the cap from both ends mate you're a legend and i i'm pretty sure we'll work with each other at some point i think you're right about that <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah um this has been the first episode um between me and wade but i'm pretty sure we're going to do more if you want more do let us know in the comments and we can make this uh, a fairly regular thing hopefully i'd love to have wade on plenty more and uh, to catch up on um the combat sports chat don't forget to check out the wade concept youtube channel i'll put the link in the description below Hit that like button, subscribe. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you later.